0: Before we turn to scripture, a couple of things. Last week, about this time, there was news that a National Football League quarterback named Andrew Luck was going to retire. Now, he is 29 years old. He is one of the best five quarterbacks in the league, makes millions of dollars playing football, and was set to retire. And when news broke, everyone thought it was a joke like seriously he can't be retiring also last week there's this satirical news site called the Babylon Bee and it wrote a headline that I think hilarious no matter your politics it was a headline that Bernie Sanders had gone to Hong Kong to lecture protesters on how good they had it under communism it was a joke it's kind of funny But some people thought it was real. Which is to say, a 29-year-old retires from football and we can't believe it's true. Someone makes a joke about a politician and we have to believe it's true. And it makes me wonder, how do we know what's true, what's right, what to take seriously, and what to take as a joke? And sometimes it's really hard, especially when you're looking at it through Screen that sits in your pocket most of the time. And I wonder if... I wonder if... the difficulties we have with interpreting things outside of the church make it even harder to understand sometimes what it is that, that Jesus is asking us to do when it comes to taking Scripture seriously because we want to take it seriously. But sometimes taking it seriously is... It's really hard on us. And I would submit that this morning, taking this passage seriously could be both very hard and very easy. But it's probably, even on a holiday weekend, when we hope the preacher speaks five minutes shorter than normal, and we can get out early, maybe it behooves us just just to sit with it and let it make us be a little bit uncomfortable. And maybe in that discomfort, the Lord can lead us, lead us the next step towards where God might want us to go. Let's open our hearts and be a little vulnerable and let this passage read us as we turn to the Gospel of Luke chapter 14. We're going to read verse 1 to to set the stage and then read verses 7 through 14. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, they were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the places of honor, he told them a parable. When you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit down at the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by your host. And then the host who invited both of you may come to you and say, give this person your place. And then, in disgrace, you would start to take the lower place. But when you're invited, go and sit down at the lowest place so that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. And then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors in case they might invite you in return and you would be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. So if Scripture is a ruler, a ruler by which we measure our lives, I wonder how we doing with this one. How are we doing with this? When was the last time we invited the poor folks in to eat at our tables and our banquets? If you are anything like me, you're having a hard time answering that question. Because while there are certainly things that I have done well, I think, there are other aspects of this passage that I would rather just leave behind, if you know what I mean. I mean, I want to take it seriously. And when I do take it seriously, I can say that that maybe this isn't just about seats at a banquet. Maybe it's about the anxiety of waiting in line. It's, It's about pushing our ways to the front of things. It's about wanting to make sure we get ours in any and every given situation. And honestly, the reality is, almost all of the time... There's plenty of time, there's plenty of space, there are plenty of resources for all of us to get what it is that we need. How am I doing with this? Maybe I'm doing better with the first part and that parable part than I am the second part with the who am I throwing parties for part. I suspect that we're okay with letting others... Get a seat at the banquet. I, I suspect we're all right with if someone really needs to cut in line, they they can. But that's only the first part of the passage. It's that second part that is a lot harder, isn't it? On the surface, we need to be eating with poor people regularly. We need to be eating with people who can't repay us. We need to be eating with strangers. The crippled, the lame, and the blind. And I can't remember the last time I had a crippled, lame, or blind person at my table. Can you? When was the last time you prepared a meal for strangers? I don't remember myself. When was the last time we gave away without calculation to those who needed it? I'm sure we can take this passage seriously enough to find loopholes that we aren't seeing. And yes, times are way different now than they were when Jesus was teaching. We, we, it's important to acknowledge that, even in the hard passages. But i got to be honest, it wasn't that long ago when I lived just two blocks from here, on a street with countless foot traffic, And every once in a while around dinner time, someone would ring my bell. And even though I had a welcome sign out front, I did everything I could to get the interaction over with as fast as possible. Which makes me wonder, did I fail? I don't know if I did. I don't know if I didn't. Some of the folks who knocked repeatedly, I knew them. I knew their deal. It wasn't just about food, but... But then again, how do I know? These days, as busy as we all are and as connected as we all are, we don't show up at people's houses unannounced. We usually know when someone's coming over. When the doorbell rings unexpectedly, wait, who, who did you have someone coming over? Was it, who said that? We just know. And that, that's a reflection of times being different. That's a reflection of not having houses with windows open all the time and front porches where we sit to get out of the heat. It's a reflection of a different time and a different place, but it doesn't totally get us off the hook of remembering the least of these that we're called to remember. And maybe when we hold this mirror of Scripture up to ourselves close enough, we might see that maybe there is something more we could or should do. Maybe Jesus is telling us and and, and reminding us, not beating us up, but, but reminding us again, because we have been blessed, we need to reach out to others. Because I've been blessed, There's more that I can do. More that I could do. I'm not rich. I've got my deficiencies. But you know what? I know where my next meal is coming from. I'm not food insecure. I'm not crippled or lame or blind. There might be something more that I could do. What about you? When we think about Stories like this. I also think about what we prayed about in our intercessory prayer this morning. Sometimes these stories hit us on an individual level. There's something that I can do. There's something that you can do. But sometimes these stories also hit us on a corporate level. What do we do? Back in 2004, the First Baptist Church of Mount Airy, North Carolina, had a sense that there was something they should do. It wasn't the whole church, it was just some within the church. That church is very similar to ours. Their facilities are different, though. Back in the 60s, instead of of, of renovating their old sanctuary, they built a new one. So they've got a new kind of mid-century, modern, looks straight out of 1967, sanctuary. It's of its time, and it's well done for its time. It's where the church worships. But the heart of that church exists in the Fellowship Hall, which is a square building that when they used to inhabit it as a sanctuary, they sat in a half-round. And now it's a, a room with a parquet floor that's used much like our fellowship hall is. But it's, it's the best room in the church. It's the one with the stained glass windows in it. It's the one with the iconic pictures of Jesus that, that they put on their note cards. Back in 2004, they realized we've got... These four teams of people who cook Wednesday night supper in this commercial kitchen, and this commercial kitchen is not used but one time a week. Should we do more? Their downtown church, every day someone was knocking on their door asking for something. And so a couple of leaders realized maybe we could cook food. Maybe, like in Field of Dreams, if we cook it, they will come. We start a meal. A soup kitchen of sorts. And so they did. They started with one Thursday a month. And and a couple months later, they went to two Thursdays a month. And within a year, there were four Thursdays a month that they were feeding people out of their kitchen. And i got to tell you, the thing about the feeding friends meal was the food was better on Thursday than it was on Wednesday. Maybe it was the recipes. Maybe it was the teams because they were just geared up to cook for this one special meal. Maybe it was the fact that other churches got involved and half the month it was uh, uh, First Baptist Mount Airy and the other half it was the Presbyterians and the Moravians. I don't know what it was. But it was a church that said, we have something, we need to create a table for those who need it. And it wasn't all homeless people. It wasn't really what you would describe as a soup kitchen at all. They call it a feeding friend's meal. They put a permanent sign in the yard that said the feeding friend's meal was on Thursdays at 5.30. And and around those round tables that they had in that room were not just people who didn't know where their next meal was coming from. A lot of them may have. But it was people who maybe ate every other meal of their week alone. It was people who, during the week, needed fellowship. It was a truck driver who was on the road, but once a month was in Mount Airy and was able to eat with someone familiar. It was that church's way, for that time, of reading a passage like Luke 14 and saying, we could do this. And the community rallied, and then on Tuesday nights, other churches fed people. And it was for a season, an amazing expression of the call of God upon a group of people. And I share that story because it's that. It's an expression of a group of people discerning the will of God, and hearing the word of God through a story like this. Oh, maybe we could exactly replicate. We've got a fellowship hall with external doors and a commercial kitchen. I'm not setting policy. This ain't the State of the Union here. I'm saying that with what we've been given, maybe God is calling us to feed a few more people, to give in a different way, to reach out in another way. I don't know what God's calling us towards, but God is calling us towards something. Because what this passage calls us to is hospitality. It calls us to love. It calls us to generosity. And it calls us to something bigger than ourselves sometimes. And we can do all of those things. We don't need to race to the front of every line. We don't need to make sure we're on top of every pile. We don't need to make sure we have the best seat in every situation. Because doing so guarantees we're going to get demoted at some point down the line. But there are mindsets and attitudes and ways of cultivating our hearts that we must attend to. And collectively, we can be a church that embodies this, and that requires us as individuals to start thinking about it as well. In our world today, many drive by this place and wonder what's going on. Some knock on our door looking for a handout, looking to take advantage of us. But not everybody does. And maybe we can be the faithful ones who seek to discover how God might lead us to provide generously to those who need it and not just set ourselves up to impress those who we would love to impress because that's a temptation for me just as much as it might be for you. I started with two silly stories I tread on the thin ice of sports and politics to get us going, to remind us that to discern the will of God does take great care. And maybe sometimes bringing the word of God close is way too hard for us on a holiday Sunday. Or maybe it's a reminder that we're called to do something. We're called to make a difference in a changing world. And sometimes making a difference is as simple as opening up our table. And if that's all it takes, oh, we can can do that in all kinds of ways, can't we? I leave us today with the prayer that we will listen. Each one of us and all of us collectively will listen to Jesus who teaches and who challenges us and will help us to discern how we open our tables in the ways He's calling us today and for each day that lies ahead. Will you pray that with me? Holy and loving God, we're gathered this morning as a thankful people, gathered to sit with you, to sit quietly in this place, to look at stained glass that reminds us of your life and work, To face the cross, which reminds us of your sacrifice for us. And to hear a word from you that that challenges us and that comforts us. That heals us, that forgives us, but also leads us. And so this morning I pray that this message, that this scripture, that the songs that we have sung and that the words that have been said have been that. May they be comfort for those of us who feel poor and need a table. And may they be a challenge for those of us who have a table that needs to be opened a little more. Lord, lead us in the ways that we should go. Help us to hear and discern how it is you're leading us. And grant us wisdom to see it. And Lord, grant us courage to step forward in the ways that you're leading us today. This, O Lord, is our prayer, and we offer it in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord.